Hi, welcome to Foundations. Uh, this is a podcast where uh, we're going to talk about the kingdom uh, and what's on my heart every week. I'm Aaron Sims, and I really appreciate you coming to be uh, with us and talk about the Lord. Uh, what's in my heart today is the priesthood of all believers. And uh, most, my mentor, uh, the man who taught me anything I ever learned about ministry, told me that uh, he's never had an original thought uh, as a young man. And um, and it was a wise thing to say to a young man. And so today, um, uh, I'm not having an original thought so much either as looking at the Word and giving credit to uh, a dear friend of mine, teacher, uh, Reimar Schultze, who <clears throat> in his own newsletter... Uh, called to obedience uh, a few months ago. He he wrote about the priesthood of believers masterfully, and um, as I was pondering, you know what what's on my heart lately, it's been prayer, and so this is foundational to it. And so, um, here we go. If we're new believers and we don't pray in the church, um. It's hard to act like the church. We can talk about it. We can teach about it. Uh, but if we're a prayerless church, we're not doing what Jesus said. Uh, our house isn't what he said it was, right? House of prayer. And for every pastor or teacher or leader, um, all of us are responsible for asking ourselves, uh, are we praying as we ought to? And is our church prayer life what it ought to be? Um. And so, biblically, uh, Reimar masterfully uh, takes us back to Exodus, and he uh, and he gets in uh, chapter seventeen, <clears throat> verses eleven and twelve, where uh, you've got this picture that most people will remember: uh, Moses, Aaron, and her. Um, but he says this is the uh, first corporate prayer meeting of the church, and so you. Imagine going to war, but uh, you're not a warrior. Imagine guys coming to take you out that are trained warriors, but uh, you don't even really have weapons. Well, that was the case here. The Amalekites were coming after the Israelites. Um, and so, you know, what do you do? Uh, Moses, Aaron, and her, uh, instead of picking up whatever they have to fight, uh, go up a mountain uh, for Moses to pray. Uh, and we get this, you know, picture uh, it says when Moses held up his hand, then Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, and what that really means is when he got tired, he couldn't hold him up anymore, uh, Amalek started to win the fight, right? Um, <clears throat> but uh, thankfully, he had a couple buddies with him, Aaron and her, and they put a stone under him to where he could sit down, and, um, and then they held up his hand so he could keep praying. Um, and when they did that, uh, three men, three men praying, um, defeated an army, uh, or three men out of about 1,500,000 people defeated a trained army uh, because they prayed. And, you know, there's a thousand, there's a thousand lessons in that. Um, but our ministries... All of our ministries, all of our churches, you know, I, 
I would rather my church be full than empty, and so would you. Um, but and it's easy to say that's not necessarily. It's easy to say that, but that's not necessarily the measure of success. Um, when Jesus talked about prayer, he talked about wherever two or three gather together in my name. Uh, here we see an example of three putting to flight an army in prayer. Um, many of our corporate prayer meetings throughout church history, even at Pentecost, 120 people, that's not a very impressive church in America. Uh, and yet it changed the world, right? Uh, because people prayed as they ought to. They waited on the Lord and they prayed. And um, the priesthood of believers um, that Peter talks about. Uh, you also as living stones in First Peter chapter 2 are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Well, that sounds like a lot. Uh, and then in verse 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Um, we do pretty well here in America. I mean, I can, uh, I've been to church uh, where we didn't pray, and it looked real good. Uh, I've been to uh, lots of churches where there's not been an active prayer ministry except uh, for a few, except for, you know, the, uh, the people that, didn't have a job, of course, they can pray, right? Or, um, you know, the, the retired people, of course, they got time. Um, but we look at the scriptures and we see Jesus, who had less time than anyone. He never missed a prayer meeting with dad, right? Um, you look at the great leaders, you look at Moses, um, you look at Daniel, Joseph, um, Paul. These people prayed, and they were great leaders. And uh, in in the American church, in our church, in the rich church, whether it's in America or not, where we're wealthy and we have what we need, uh, it, human nature is, you know, the the more money we have, there's we, we pray less. The less money we have, oh goodness, we need to start praying. We pray more. Um, it's very shallow to talk about, but it's it's a reality. And so, <clears throat> but it's not supposed to be a reality with the church. Whether we're being blessed or tested, we're supposed to trust the Lord. And, uh, and, if, we're, and if we have a job as a priesthood, what does that look like in the New Testament? What does that look like for us today? Um, and that's what I wanted to simply point out, not to, not to judge or to say, man, look at where we've messed up and I've, we need to yell at the church. Absolutely not. Uh, it's to say you are a chosen race, every one of you, all of you, and you're part of a royal priesthood if you indeed, if you're in Christ, um, it, which means you have the ability to approach God and minister to him uh, directly, uh, to approach the throne of grace, to uh, speak with him, to commune with him. He wants you to seek him. And wow, right? Uh, and so... <clears throat> are we doing that? Um, if I do one thing in our church, I can testify personally, I want men and women to pray. Um, what is my outreach? If we 
have not been communing with God? Where am I getting direction from? Where am I getting my ideas from? Where's my church service even about if we're not praying as we ought to? Um, if I got four pastors on staff, do they pray together? Do we minister to God together first? Is that number one on our agenda? And if not, can I ask myself why? Um, can I ask that question? Um, in a lot of churches, you get fired. Honestly, if you tell people we're going to stop doing the things that are impressive and pray. Uh, but w- what if men and women of God in the church the world over said we're going to begin to pray as we ought to? Um, in this particular newsletter, uh, my brother said if we're prayerless when we gather together, we have a religion without Christianity. Um, so how do I be a priest? How do I pray? You know, I've, I've been to prayer meetings. We've prayed and you know, we, we pray once a month or whatever. Well, of course the best teacher is always the scripture. Uh, and in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse one, Paul The Apostle Paul says these words to us, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies uh, a living sacrifice. So you're you're both the priest and the sacrifice. You're you're making an offering. You're you're approaching God. um, And your acceptable offering uh, is one that's fully given, uh, presenting your body a living sacrifice. Well, how do I do that as a believer? Uh, after I've been purchased by the blood and redeemed uh, graciously, you know, it, when you look at the New Testament, it seems that these people, they prayed. And, and I don't mean legally, like, that's what got them saved. I meant that's coming into Christ. The culture was they fellowshiped together and they prayed. And uh, out of that flowed everything else. And so... It makes me ask the question, uh, are we appropriating what we've been given uh, as priests and ministering unto God corporately? Um, is it number one on our agenda? So uh, there's, there's a quote here I'm going to read uh, by a man named William Law. He was a friend of John Wesley's. And um, he was speaking, uh, you know, ecclesiastically, uh, why do we get together? People ask these, you know, encouragement, fellowship, discipleship, teaching. Uh, you know, there's all admonition, psalms, you know, worship. And so, um, and a lot of times it's easy to think we come together to worship God. And of course we do. Um, but William Law made this observation about the church. He said, it's very observable that there is not one command in all of the gospel for public worship. Wait, what? Not one command in all the gospel for public worship. And perhaps it is a duty that it is least insisted upon in all of the New Testament. He's got a point there. Rather, it's devotion to God, the entire giving of ourselves to him seven days a week in all circumstances of life, which is at the core 
of all New Testament writings. And if I am indeed a royal priesthood, if I am uh, indeed part of a spiritual house and I'm a living stone, as Peter said, in that spiritual house, um, am I praying as I ought to? Am I ministering to God today as I ought to? And if I'm, if you do have a church, is your first thought when, you know, when we talk about this, yeah, my church doesn't, because uh, I'm not throwing stones today. Uh, and in this uh, newsletter here, neither was my friend. It, he was simply saying, find a prayer meeting. Uh, because prayer changes things. Remember, three men out of 1,500,000 unarmed people put to flight uh, a trained professional army because they prayed as they ought to. You can say, yeah, but that was Moses. It was Moses. Moses said, would to God they were all prophets. That hasn't changed. Uh, now we're all chosen of God and we have this blessing in the Lord to be able to approach him. And, uh, I, it is my personal belief that the real, and it's, you know, the real power comes when we do it together. Uh, that's simple. And, uh, there's, there's a lot I don't know how to do as a minister. I don't, I don't know how to save the world. Um, I have very little answers when people ask me that are smarter than, than the next guy to fix our cultural ills. You know, uh, your community probably has a lot of the same problems mine does and it's frustrating and we want it to be better. Uh, and we've tried lots of things and we have lots of wonderful ministries, um, spending lots of money, time and effort and blood, sweat and tears. Um, I guess my question today is, are we praying as we ought? Because it could be everything we're doing will be exponentially more effective if we do first things first. And if we're honestly asking ourselves that question. Because when I look at my life personally, the standard's Jesus Christ, right? Uh, I don't have to be a legalist to say, am I praying like Jesus did? What What was that? What is that to me? Um and am I surrounded by people that do that in my church? Or is it just the retired people or the eccentric people that, you know, of course they pray? Busy, powerful men prayed in Scripture. Busy, powerful women prayed in Scripture. And they're the ones we read about and need to emulate. And so today, I guess what's on my heart is that you have a holy calling. I have a holy calling, and um, power is perfected in weakness. And I don't know of a single person in Christianity who found out they were weak by reading or by watching TV or hearing a biography. They, the people I know that find out they're weak, uh, they find out that in the prayer in secret prayer and in corporate prayer. They really get to know God. They really, new believers, 
if you want them to be discipled and become grownups in the church, um, the way they did it in the old church was call them to a prayer meeting. Uh, that was church in the New Testament. Uh, and that's where they put spiritual muscle on, um, learned how to fight, learned how to stand. Knowing we're saved isn't enough. Uh, acting like it, uh, if we act like it, we're going to be a praying church. So today, I urge you, brethren, Paul says, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual or reasonable service of worship. The highest form of worship is prayer. If you are a worshiper, you are a prayer. And so my prayer for you and for me today is simply, Lord, may we pray as we ought. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you all.